Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, welcome to today's show. Today we're chatting with Brianne Leeming. She is the CEO of Unruly Studios. And if you have seen just from uh, hopping around on the internet or in your social media feed, the Unruly Splat devices, they are really an incredible connection between coding and STEM and PE and physical activities. So welcome to the show today, Brianne. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. I am, I'm so excited because we don't often think about connections between STEM and coding and, and getting kids up and moving around. Maybe we do. Maybe we have like, oh, my kids have so much energy. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with the idea for these, these little splats. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a super new concept to, to integrate that like active recess style play with learning coding and STEM. So the way that I initially came up with the idea, I think it came from a lot of what I was exposed to as a kid and that later kind of came out and when I had the idea. So um, as a kid, I was super lucky. I was exposed to hands-on learning at school. I specifically remember a bunch with my fourth grade teacher, but specifically we um, learned Microworlds, which was a beginner coding language, sort of an early logo programming language yep. Um, yep. at school. Yeah. And so I didn't, re- I did not realize that at the time, but 10 years later, I was in computer science class at McGill University where I went to undergrad and I was like, I've already learned this language before. What was that game? And so it <laughs> kind of came full circle for me. We were learning Lisp in the class and um, I was studying cognitive science, so more about the brain and things. But at the same time, I've always been an athlete, even since I was a kid. And so uh, I even spent one summer at McGill working for the summer sports camp. A lot of the other counselors were PE teachers in training. And so by yeah. being exposed to them, I think that has very much come into what the product became because I was seeing like just how they could structure games and how they could really kind of include other lessons in their activities, not necessarily all about the game, but somewhat about sportsmanship and team play and like working as a group and collaborating. And there was so much more learning going on even in the summer. Oh yeah. I think seeing that and how kids love playing that way still. Like they love getting active. They love that in the middle of the day, anytime, but it's happening so much less today. Oh, it Um, does. And so, yeah. So what you've got is these square giant buttons, right? And they're codable and they're programmable. Exactly, yeah. So they're these giant programmable buttons that students can actually stomp on. They can, like, they're super durable. Mm -hmm. Um, So kids play games on them from anything from relay races running back and forth between them to active dance type games to um, we have a baseball game for them we have whack-a-mole arcade games things like that but through the programming language which is on either a chromebook or a tablet they can create their own rules for the slack so they can program in the different light patterns different sounds timing they can actually change how it keeps score which is super important for those pe style games oh yeah Kids love the competition element of all of it. So we've definitely encouraged that. Yeah. And so they can create their own rules. They've created such incredible things from, oh my gosh, they way better ideas than us as a team come up with. The kids are like zombie tag, you know, radioactive whack-a-mole. We've had, we had a kid make a bobbing for apples game where they were actually using their head to activate the splat, not their feet, which was oh, usually wow. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and And kids are so creative uh, when you give them a device, when you give them something and say, okay, it's not a game that's already made, 
you make a game for it. You turn it into a game. And so they have to actually use the coding, the, the block coding language in the, in the app, right? On a, yep. on a Chromebook or, or a device. And they get to create and come up with their own. You could use it in your classroom to help the kids review or anything like that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely been used in many a Jeopardy game or things like that. I mean, it's so cool because the, the, for the students, it becomes so like personally relevant. And I think that's something that so many STEM tools have been able to utilize and it works really well. And so we've even had kids just have this the class vote on their favorite TV show or something like that. And then mm-hmm. that just gets them so engaged and they're excited to make that game yeah. um, and put the class through it and stuff. Cool. Now, if anybody wants to see some of these in action, head to unrulysplats.com. The, the device is called a Splats. That's what they named it, part of Unruly Studios. It's their first product. See what they come up with off in the future, of course. But you can see some videos. There's some uh, resources on there. Of course, there's some examples of how to use it and things like that. But, but really, this is meant to get kids active and get them thinking about coding and, and creating things at the same time. And a lot of that really boils down to helping kids, you know, work together and and cooperate while having a little bit of fun with the competition aspect. Absolutely. Let me dive in because I know people are probably already thinking, you know, if I got to buy something that's going to be a cost for my school. Yeah, just like everything. And they're probably also thinking if the kids are stomping on it, it's probably going to break, right? (laughs) So so tell us a little bit about, you know, if (laughs) if they were wanting to try to try to start something like this or use some of this or maybe mention it to the PE teacher at their school or or whoever, because it doesn't have to just stay in PE. Wait, pause. We better stop and answer that question. Does it have to only be used in a PE class, Brienne? Not at all. I mean, we have splats being used all over the school in totally different situations. And that's exactly what we designed them to be. It's a tool for the whole school. So we work with whole schools at a time. It could be in PE. It could be in the library makerspace. Or we're in pullouts for special education. We've had a, we even had a high school teacher use it for English language learning and some extra things they could do there. And even most recently, about a week ago, we got, we're going to be brought into our first school for the visually impaired. So there's just so much, and I can't wait to see what other teachers and educators decide to do with this. Yeah. And really just to say, um, Brianne, you're kind of at that tipping point now where some people are starting to hear about it and they, they see it at conferences and shows and things like that. And they're like, oh, I've heard about this. Uh, I saw somebody using it in a different school or, or somebody in my school and, and I want to find out more about it. So dive back in a little bit. If they go to unrulysplats.com and, and they look at some of the pricing options, what does it take to just kind of get into this a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So We recently worked with over 150 principals that we spoke with around the country because we really wanted to get to the bottom of what do they need with a new STEM program as Mm -hmm. they go into their schools. And some of the things that we found, durability always came up. They want to make sure that if they're purchasing something that it's going to last. They don't want to be replacing it immediately, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. yeah, The other pieces were ongoing training. So not just the like kind of one and done, like, you know, drop off the hardware, see you later. And then content, things to do with it. With learning that those three things were super important to schools, we kind of restructured everything so that we could work directly with schools and more of a partnership from then on. And so, yeah, with, uh, with the durability piece, we offer with part of our, our annual school plans, we offer a warranty. So it's fully, if you break a splat, we cover the shipping and we send you a new one immediately. And it is meant to be, we kind of say like splats are meant to be worn in like a sneaker. Like it's a good thing <laughs> to get a hole in your sneaker. Like you're using it right, you know? And so yep, if you're yeah. going through splats, like we're like, it's a great thing. Like we're going to just 
keep sending you new ones, get you what you need. So you always have functioning splats when you're working. That's awesome. Yeah. And the the training piece is ongoing. So we actually have an open phone line and online chat because sometimes if teachers are in the middle of the school day, it's too hard to pick up the phone. But if, if you're just on your phone, you can basically text us, ask questions as you're going, send a screenshot of the code that you're having trouble, anything like that. So that's where we're working with a lot of PE teachers. It's a hundred percent their first time coding and in with oh. the block coding. And so we're right there with them, training them and we're kind of a coach with them kind of. Yeah. And I'm so. thinking too, there's probably kids in maybe in a gym class or a PE class that maybe say, you know, I'm not really big into sports and athletics, but you know, you put me in front of a, a computer and asked me to do some coding. And now I'm taking full advantage of being able to be active. I can create some sort of game that I can participate and I feel excited about because it's designed to my skills. Absolutely. That's like one of the main things with splats that we wanted to get out of it was making STEM more approachable. And so some of that is just meet meet kids where they're at. They already play this way. So allow them to make the rules for playground games. I mean, they're always adding rules to playground games. If you think of all the variations. Oh, yeah. Like there's like freeze tag and and like TV tag. and And the more different types of things as we keep going in STEM education, we're realizing that the more different ways that we can help every kid feel like they're part of of doing something. And they realize that STEM isn't just when I go to the STEM lab in my school or go to my STEM specials class, that, that this is just another one of those options to help help further diversify STEM into, into all the different things we're doing. Now, you can I know you can, like from looking at the website, I'm looking at the pricing page. It's a little bit expensive, but yeah, you get you can get 12 splats and of course, all that stuff information that you said. And, you know, it's a little over $1,000 to kind of get started if you want to just start with something like that. But you can also get just a two-pack to try them out for six months for a couple hundred bucks. But really, you can also do things like work through Amazon. So you can get them through Donors Choose and things like that, right? Totally. Yeah. We're open on Amazon business. So for the Donors Choose, and I would also say where we see the most success with schools is that we redesign the pricing. So we don't charge per seat where a lot of products may. So in terms of if you're buying that 12 pack to get started, which is like the best possible classroom, you know, that that's a great start for classroom. Yeah. Um, you can get a lot done with that. It's seen as a full school tool. So it's not really meant for just the 20 students in that one class that day. It's really right. meant to like move around the school. We've have unlimited teacher accounts, unlimited student accounts. So yeah, it should be something that sort of like in a cart, it might go to PE and then later to the library and then later after school, you're using it. And it's sort of meant to be like ways for those teachers to collaborate as well, because yeah. it's a really social product in that way. Like, it allows kids to collaborate, but also teachers where we've had some, you know, tech classes might be programming the splat and then play it in PE. Or even we've got some peer-to-peer learning where like yeah. the high school classes are programming it and then they're taking it and teaching third graders to code using the splats in PE and stuff like that. So lots yeah. of different ways. And that's exactly what we wanted to foster with the way that we rolled out these plans. So yeah. kind of like share the budget with these different departments instead of thinking of it as like one individual department budget. Right. And actually, as, as you started talking there, Brianne, I really thought of that having some older kids designing a game for younger kids and just to think through that and just what a, what a great idea that would be. And, and, and again, like you were talking about earlier, Brianne, I mean, one kid decided to figure out a way to push it with their head. And um, you can, yeah. you can once, once you give kids any type of device or game or something like that, they're going to come up with so many different things. And that's part of that design thinking and problem solving skills that we want our kids to be thinking about, that creativity that always comes out when we, when we give kids something new to try. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the original prototype was actually not as open programmable. And when I brought it out to kids, I realized because they kept telling me the game ideas they had. And I'm like, I don't even have time to make all of these. We need to just open it up. And like, that's when I connected with my early, the founding advisor, Amon Milner, who was from the Scratch team and was on the founding team there. Yep. Um, and he's been with us since then. And we now refer to him as Dr. Splat. And he, uh, yeah, he brought that kind of open programmability into the, the product. That's awesome. So again, we're chatting with Brianne Leeming. She is the uh, founder and CEO of Unruly Studios, which makes the uh, Splats device, uh, which, and, and I like, I like kind of the, the, your slogan on your website, think it, code it and do it. And I think sometimes we, we get kids thinking and coding, but we don't always get them doing. And there's so often that we need to get our kids up and moving around. There's even more of a focus now on, on esports and, and games like that, where, where kids are moving from just playing games to, to doing it competitively. Here's a whole other way to get kids to be thinking about gaming and, and competitive things like that. So let me let me jump into another question here for you, Brianne, and, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. But as you see some of the different things that, that these devices can do that maybe other things haven't been able to, to do yet and unlock with kids, what do you hope or what do you see as, as some of the future ways that STEM education is is going in our in our country and our world? So where I want to see STEM go is definitely to be uh, more accessible to more kids, more approachable, really. And so I see that a lot. I, I think a lot of current ways that we teach STEM is very solitary and very and obviously sedentary. And that's just the nature of, of how it's always been done. And I think that so many kids learn in a way that's around projects or group collaboration and even just being active, being out of their seats, kind of like building things for a group, sharing that very publicly as in in the real world, not just online. And so that's where I really hope that this takes it is that it's much more social collaborative that ultimately more kids feel comfortable taking that first step because it's more similar to something they've already done if they're not already exposed to engineering or things like that at home. Yeah. And Brian, those two words you use, solitary and sedentary, that's that's such a scary thought that that's what STEM education could become. I mean, almost like what we've, what we've had for so much of education in the past. If we're not careful, we're just going to recreate everything that we've already done that, that made education, you know, inactive and just singular focus, unless we can get kids really working together and cooperating and, and, and having a good time while they're learning. And I think that it's true because, I mean, from my work, like I've worked in a tech startup in New York City. And I think from working there, I realized that it's not all just about learning the engineering skills. It's about, you know, even my early exposure to coding made me more effective as a team member working mm -hmm. with others across the business. So, you know, no matter what these students as they're young are going to grow up to do, whether it's in art or music or anything, they're going to be working in teams. And I think that we want to collaborate around technology and make sure that that's sort of what they get used to doing. Yeah. And again, you you actually you just mentioned music and, and stuff and the splats devices, they can light up, but they also have sounds and different things like that that you can code in as well. So, um, and they just connect Bluetooth to whatever device those kids are using and stuff. Uh, again, just a just such a such a cool idea. I want to I want to thank you, Brianne, for coming up with the idea and, and pushing it forward to uh, to make it another resource for educators out there to try something different to help uh, engage some more of our kids. So, if you could sit down with somebody and have dinner from STEM, past or present, love to always hear what people think about this question. What do you think, Brianne? So yeah, this came to me pretty quickly. I I would go with Seymour Papert who is the the constructionism uh, in, in kind of the founder of that. And 
he worked on early logo programming languages. And just because it had such an impact on me and on, on how kids learn today, like I think that hands-on learning, I would just love to like learn from him about his experiences and the early days of doing that. Yeah. Well, and you talked about, you know, that cognitive science and stuff that you had had began in. And, and that's that's a big part of that. And, and really thinking about even as that translated into to future things that, you know, like the scratch team and, and the other coding teams worked on. I mean, it was all about getting kids not just to learn, but to have that play integrated into the learn. So absolutely. So I think I think we uh, drink the same Kool-Aid. I think it would be really cool to, to talk with him. <laughs> great big, great big picture of Kool-Aid. I'm and a follower. Uh, yeah, good. So, Brianne, uh, one last question just to, uh, to remind people of just how many different ways there are to use this. What are, what are some of the best, best ways that you've seen uh, people using these? And, and, of course, I'm sure there's probably at least one failure story mixed in there as well, right? Definitely. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, some of our favorites, like, I mentioned radioactive whack-a-mole. It's like you take whack-a-mole, but then kids will add their own twists to it. They make, they change the colors. It could be the simplest twist. And then they change the title and they rebrand it almost. And it becomes something completely new. One of the funniest ones so far was also someone sort of along the lines of bobbing for apples using their head, but they duct taped splats to their feet and made monster noises on the splat. So everywhere they walked, they now have monster shoes. Yeah. So like things like that come out of it. I mean, some incredible uh, push-up competition games, that kind of stuff when it gets competitive. So I love seeing what kids are capable of in terms of the creativity. And in terms of some failing, I mean... I think I have two stories there. One of them is uh, was one of our own failures, I would say, in the prototyping side. Not really a failure, but as you prototype, it's the same process for any like STEM learning. You're just putting it out a draft. You're learning from it. You're iterating, and then you're right, yeah. making it better and uh, sharing it. And so, one of our earliest prototypes was actually had a black screen. Um, and we were telling kids to step on it. And they were like hesitant to step on it because it looked like an iPad on the ground. <laughs> and oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, toe was, it was like they were dipping their toe in the water and they were really nervous to step on it. And we wanted them to be like cannonballing onto this. Thing. Like we really wanted <laughs> them to be getting active with it. So we ended up changing the color. It was the, the simplest change of color from black to a white and a blue. And then all of a sudden they had no problem stepping on it. And so that was just kind of a, a minor one. And the the story that I have on the on the other side is one of the teachers that is working with Splats had said, and I think this is really good for Splats in general of how they're being used in the class. But basically the teacher was saying that the student came to him with a problem and she couldn't figure out how to do this one thing. And she really wanted it to delay for a little while before it lit up. And she okay. it out. And he actually was like, I don't know how to do that either. And so I think that's such a good case where he was like, I don't actually know. Let's start to figure it out. And like, it's okay. That's exactly what we expect from the teachers using slats. Like so yeah. many of them, it's first time coding. And that's totally your role is just like get right in there with them, figure it out. And then what happened is he was saying that the student actually figured it out before he could even start to work on it with her. And then she taught the whole class. And so that kind of thing coming out of it is exactly what we want. That is awesome. Definitely stories like that where the kid has a question, perseveres through, and then and then finds often the solution all on their own uh, is incredible. And and with uh, so many devices like this, it's so possible for kids. And again, to be able to be creative, I'm thinking that duct taping them to your feet and making <laughs> monster sounds is is pretty darn cool. That that would oh, be yeah. cool. Well, that's Um, kind of where with splats, it's a button. It's very simple. And for that reason, kids can get even more creative. I think the constraint of it is what makes them most creative. 
Yeah. So that's what we've done. And I think as as going forward, I, I think we're going to see more and more ways that people use them. I'm excited, Brianne, to see uh, different educators trying them. And and if you have tried them, uh, definitely reach out and and share your stories on social media with Unruly Splats. Certainly be excited to hear how you're using them in your classrooms as well. And again, uh, like you said, Brianne, you guys have plenty of help available and resources and lesson plans and everything that go along with them. They're not just dropping them off and, you know, sitting on the shelf six weeks later, which is terrible. Teachers, if you've got stuff sitting on your shelves, they're just collecting dust, get it off, get the kids using it. It needs to be used. Absolutely. That is our goal with these school plans is like we refuse to let them sit in a closet. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Brianne Leeming from Unruly Studios. The, the device is called the, the Splats. So you can go to unrulysplats.com. Again, all these things are in the show notes as well. Brianne, it's just been great chatting with you today and, and uh, all the best as you guys keep moving forward and helping more kids get active with their STEM encoding. Thank you so much. And uh, again, listen to every episode of the STEM Everyday podcast by subscribing on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review so that more educators can find out about all the great ideas like Unruly Splats. If you want to connect with me, find me on Twitter at DailySTEM or at DailySTEM.com. And we'll talk with you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Thank <laughs> you.